ready? Born ready. doesn't even get old. I just love living my life like it's golden. <clears throat> I know it's the beginning of the new year and um, it's it's an exciting time. I tell you, I I um I have not had COVID, but I did experience some <clears throat> sickness. <laughs> and I tell you, every day I'm keeping covered up with my N95 mask now, not just my cloth. And depending on where I am, I may even put a second one on the inside because I am um, being very vigilant about being healthy and strong. And even uh, just the other day, I started doing a lot of things, just trying to overall enhance my well-being, you know, just stretching. And, you know, I don't know why, but, you know, I'm of a certain age now. <laughs> that I wake up and I feel this stiffness and different things, and I don't even know why it is so uh, re repulsive to me to want to do yoga and stretching, and I need it, you know. Um, my my main career is I'm, I'm a builder and remodeler, and I'm always lifting things. I got a lot of strength below the waist. I am strong as a horse. I'm not so... Um, strong as above the waist, you know, when it comes to that. But I have really taken in that this uh, pandemic, one thing that it has done, it, it is made, um, you get serious about life. I mean, at least for me, up until this pandemic, I just sort of had got back into a groove of life where I was sort of free hearted and, you know, just sort of, Similar to a flower child. Let me ask you this, because uh, my friend the other day, he lives um, in the country, mm -hmm. right? Like, I think close to Byron, Georgia. Okay. And he said that the pandemic, that it, it made people in the city uh -huh. have to slow down at the end of the country. Yes. Because he said his <laughs> life didn't change. Yes. He said everything is still the same. People still in the grocery store the same because right. the town's so small. Right. But all his city friends are like, we're, we're all calling him, talking about, you know, life <laughs> and, you know. But like you said, if you grew up in the, if you grew up in the country, right, this is easy living. Right. It, you know, and it's funny you said that because I grew up in the country, but after I raised my children and I, you know, I, I I I hate to make reference to this, but look, I'm only in a few days. I'm only 53, but I was married for 30 years, so Dang. it's crazy, you know. And um, and well, the combination of dating and everything, it was total 30 years. So a great part of my earlier life, um, things were uh, moderately. It was adventurous, but it was moderately uh, at a slow pace because I was raising children. I was developing a lot of things. But since my divorce, um, 
there there are no children at home, you know, and I just added another grandbaby, which now brings a total of three. And um, but I I think what it is is when you start life really early. I I know people have heard me say this over and over, but I'm very grateful for my life. I really am. I'm very excited. But I just started so early that now that I'm in this space where most people get to experience this level of freedom when they're young, and and I didn't have it when I was young. I had a lot of responsibility. So that by the time I was uh, 46, 45, well, maybe a little older, and became single, after all those years and then just had to rethink life, I'm just, I was, before this pandemic, I was in and out of the country and, you know, changing careers because I was like, I can do whatever I want to because there's a certain level of failure that would be okay because it's only me, you know. And so I was just sort of taking flight to what I wanted to do, similar to where I am now in and uh, but the the pandemic, what it did is it made me have to reconfigure life. You know, um, I'm not able to just uh, be so carefree about jumping on a plane now and going somewhere because it can have ramifications. And in 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 the most jarring thing of last year is losing both of my parents in September to COVID. So. That, for a minute, um, I don't even think I really started grieving until after Christmas, you know, because I, it was a moment to just sort of settle down and not really have to do anything. But I'm still now at the beginning of the year just full of excitement. Um, but I have a lot of time to think, and very few people to um have a lot of time to conversate with. So thank God for the podcast. <laughs> you know, I get to come in here and really sort of not always just feeling like I I got to be the expert in something, but I just feel like I'm with a crowd of people where I can share my thoughts. I'm not preaching at you. I'm exposing where my thought lines are. And um, when you write in, it gives me, a different perspective to see because we only know what we've been exposed to. And there's a lot of things I'm, I'm being exposed to as a single woman that I am absolutely enjoying. I mean, and, and, and I'm a person that likes to give definition to things in my life that may not necessarily be the same definition to somebody else. And it can be almost similar in the way that it looks. Like right now, I say that I'm single, but I've had a boyfriend now um, for three years. But to me, that does not change that I am a single woman. I am a single woman in a committed friendship. What that says to me is I'm not going to go out to dinner with other guys just because I'm single. I'm not going to have conversations that would be inappropriate with somebody else. Um, but I, what that means is um, 
I am a single woman, but I've made a commitment to share the journey of life, what I am experiencing right now, with someone that I think is uh, a wonderful companion and that he typically enjoys the things that I enjoy. And, um, and the crazy thing about uh, the relationship that I have right now, we there is an age difference. And there's a lot of things that I am discovering which are pros and cons to great relationships for me. You know, I've, I've uh, went through that era in which I was young and I built with somebody and raised children and everything. Now I'm at that stage where I'm with a gentleman who's very established in life and I am self-sufficient in my life, not as established as he is because there is a recovery phase of divorce that I'm going through. But I am not in a place of life that I have to have dependency upon anybody to have the lifestyle that I'm enjoying. But I also don't want to be so rigid in my articulation that I do not express that I need somebody. I don't necessarily like to use the word need because everybody has a different um, meaning of what that is. Some people think the word need is a negative thing. It's not a negative thing to me to say you have a need. You know, I don't need a, a gentleman or anybody to pay my bills. But you know what? There is a need that I have at the end of the day that I want to just have somebody to say, how was your day? You know, or let's go out to dinner or, you know, that just have a genuinely concern of what the day is. And I want to be that to them. So I would consider that is a need, but not an unhealthy need. Uh, I think sometimes, too, when the word need mm -hmm. is brought up. The negative connotation is dependency. Yes. So I think that's what it is like. Because you know you might need something from somebody. Right. But people don't want to become dependent. Correct. You know, I don't want this person to, I don't want to have to be happy through this person. I want to be able to have it on my own. Correct. I, and you know what? And I agree, Keith. But you know what? But I want to be able to. Um, continue to explore and, and be as transparent to myself as possible. And for me, it is okay to have a dependency to a certain level where unless it becomes uncomfortable to you and uncomfortable to that person you're dependent upon. You know what I'm saying? Because I just feel like... Um, I'm I'm not gonna tell you no lie that um I divorce can play a mental trip on you, but what I don't want to get caught up in in what I see in a lot of women that have been either family to me or friends to me, they're not enjoying their their journey. Um, through the whole process. What I mean by that, I was married or in, married and combined the whole time with Eldridge for 30 years. And I'm going to tell you something. I experienced some crazy stuff 
in 30 years. I think it's delusional if you think you're going to have any quality relationship and not experience the good and the bad. You know, I, I'm, I literally was with him as a young man to he became a mature man. But the part, the reason why I don't speak ill of him now, there was a point in that journey um, I wasn't as fully aware that when we were growing apart, I was in this is perception because the things that now I can look back and see he was pulling away from me. And at some point had been gone before I recognized it, but it's how you label things It's how you choose to see your story is how, you know, how you choose to experience life. And when I was experiencing that with him, I was, the state of mind that I was in during those times was that my man is experiencing something. And this isn't about me, it's about him. But this is an opportunity for me to be every woman to him. You know, so when he was going through a phase where he, you know, he was looking beyond me and to other women. Of course, as a wife, and I think as a woman, this is what I'm so excited about myself because that 30 years taught me how to do this is in that moment as a wife, I was crushed. I was de I was very defeated and like going, oh, my God, like, how could you do this? I was I experienced a range of emotions. But at the same time, I could step outside of the capacity of a wife and just know on the general sense, this guy has shown up all this time to be a provider. He showed up all this time to, to come from nothing, having nothing to becoming a wealthy man. And so I was a part of all of that. So at different, the miss, I don't even want to say it was misdiagnosis, but when you're in love, it is the reason why they say love covers the multitude of sins or the multitude of offenses. Because when you love somebody, you will, um, you will say that it is something else, not always out of denial, but out of trying to believe for that person. But I think where you have to to mature at some point is when in supporting and trying to stay with somebody, you begin to see the authenticity of who you are begins to be altered in your efforts. And that's when you got to start deciding, am I going to keep pursuing this? Because now I'm becoming a whole nother thing. And it's not necessarily a good thing. So um, where I am now, what I don't look to anybody for my happiness. Um, but I do look, and I think it is reasonable for anybody who is engaging in a relationship to look for Support, you're not going to be the consummation of my joy and my happiness. But you do need to know that if I've walked past every man in, in my, you know, area 
to choose you. There is an expectation that I think is healthy that a woman would look to you in advice or partnership or strength and support to be that person who have been paying attention to my mannerism, who has been getting to know me. And that's the good thing about men that I don't think they get enough credit for. Men are very intuitive to women as to, because they decide every day, is this woman an easy woman or is she's, you know, a little bit tough. So that man has that level of intuition that he can say certain things that will give a certain level of encouragement and security. And he needs to know that is a need that I have for you in my life. But what, because what I hear from you is, um, you know, fortunately, Mm -hmm. you know how to decipher between men who show up, right? Because even with your uh, example with Eldridge, Mm -hmm. yeah, you have ups and downs, but like you said, you could bank on the fact that he was a provider, right? Right. So when you talk about your friends and your extended family and some of those women, right, going through what they're going through, Mm -hmm. um, do you think the other part could be some of these men aren't meeting their needs, aren't providing, haven't stepped up to the plate? Because it sounds like you're meeting men who are meeting your needs. So what what about, and we talked about this on Elder's podcast too, because somebody, T.C. Carson brought this up, saying that women Mm -hmm. are the ones who set the standards for men. So if you accept it, that's what it is. I agree. I think, and I, I want, I, I want to, I know we have a limited amount of time today, and I, I want to do a follow-up with this. I, I always try to see what is missing. And I think one of the things that is missing, I speak, um, if you would see the way I speak about Eldridge, is the way you would see me speak about every man in my life. But I think what is being lost in the translation of that is I don't think anybody just shows up in your life um, being everything that you need. I, I feel like it become, your relationship is a very good depiction of how you interact with an individual and craft a meaningful relationship and interaction with them. You know, because when I met Eldridge, um, what became our relationship was not a model he had ever seen. His, his mother was a single mother at some point, and she taught her children to be very self-sufficient. I came from a household where there was a father who made a great provision for his family, and the mother had a level of dependency, but I did not want that because my father was such a great provider. It also gave him permission to do things that were not healthy for his uh, relationship with my mother. And because of that, I always had a little, um, and I still am challenged, that the power that I see a lot of times that men who are great providers, 
they like to have that position of power because it gives them, a, even if it's not spoken, when you have that level of financial dependency on a man, there's very little leverage you have to negotiate things unless you're really good at doing that. And so I learned how to leverage relationships. Like even the relationship that I have with, with um, Wendell now, um, he's been single for years, and he's an older man. I'm 53 in a few days. He's 65. He's been single for a long time. He has everything he needs. He doesn't need me. So he is used to, um, and he's a very nice, attractive man who's always had women who loved him more than I feel he may have loved them. And so it's a certain way when, you know, in, in disagreement, you know, he will sort of position himself of how things are going to be. And the way I have learned to offset that, I tell him, I understand you're giving me a position of where you stand. And I have a position in which I stand. And I said, we can decide now. Can we negotiate this? Or you can be very solid in your position. I can be solid in mine. And we know eventually where this is going to lead. We're not going to be here. I think you're worth fighting for. I hope you feel the same way. If you do, we'll, we'll resolve this. My softened approach to acknowledge, I see you digging your heels in, but I need you to know I'm not subject to whatever whatever your your ultimatum is because I don't necessarily need it, but I want you. So I'm I'm willing to just iron out the kinks here. And I think that is where a lot of relationships are becoming disappointed because nobody shows up in your life well-mannered, well-groomed, well-put-together that you can just walk into a relationship and it works. It's something that you can both be proud of because you both work to make it what it is. Do you think you have that power because you know who you are? Right. Like, because also what I hear is because you're because you know who you are, and right. you know what you need and you know what you want. Right. But if you are the type of person who doesn't even know who they are, don't know what they want, what they need. Right. It would probably be hard to have that same interaction when somebody is putting their foot down or digging their heels in, because if you don't even know what you want, you don't know to even tell that person, hey. You are what I want. I do want to work this out. You might, the the inside part of you might just want to fight it because you don't even know who you are, what you want, what you need. So sometimes I feel like, you know, because we were talking about the advice you're, you're giving your friends, you know, sometimes you have to find yourself. You know what, and this is the thing, and you're, you're exactly right, but this is one thing I think as and there are some things that are just applicable culturally, and then there's things that are just universal. And I, I feel like one of the things that are very challenging for people of color, but people, black people, 
to be, you know, just honest about it. I think one of the challenges in, in the black community is two things. It's very difficult for a black woman or a black man to just be vulnerable. Just be vulnerable. And you're not going to get a quality relationship without it. I mean, at some point, and, and, and this is the thing, there are certain places in my life, even right now, that are just, it just doesn't have the clarity or the articulation to it. But when a situation arises and I find myself that I'm, I'm you know, for example, again, if Wendell and I are in a place where I know he's clearly comfortable in a certain place and I'm vulnerable, but he's digging his heels in. You know what? I have learned the best resolve for me in a situation like that is not to put up a fake image in front of him. Vulnerable and honest in that moment is not going to give him power over me because I can still make a decision whether I want to be here or not. But it gives him an opportunity to step up and be a gentleman to me. You know, a man can't open the door if he stands in front of it. You know? you So if you want a man to be able to to step up and be the man, then when those opportunities come, you got to be willing to, to have that, to know that for me to be vulnerable to my man is not going to make me weak or even weaker to the situation already. What it does is it gives him permission and it gives him the place to step up and say, you know what, I choose you. And I think more guys would do that if we're given the opportunity. Now, I can't say that every guy will, but what I really want to say to my sisters, um, especially those who are mature as myself, I can understand the younger women that may um, be in a different place, have a different perspective because of their youthfulness and their age. But when you get in a mature age, as I am, 50 and above, I mean, I have to um, wonder how many situations do you have to be in to be able to choose better, you know? And I, I don't think every relationship, I think it is a, a falsehood that all relationships will last to death do us part. You know, I just don't think because you have no control over the other person. And as we're going through life, people handle things with the information they have. And sometimes they don't choose to even have more information. So you're not bound to be with that person if they don't want to grow with you. And thank God you're not, you know. But if, if a relationship ends... I want to encourage uh, women to realize that you do not have to define the entire relationship from the end. You don't have to do that. You can say, I had a great go. 
I met this guy. It has been a painful breakup. It's been a terrible realization I came to. All these things I came to know. And you know what? It's some things that I found in my divorce and after my divorce. You know, it was a lot of stuff that was not nice at all. Not to say that I didn't know it was bad. Because I was no longer in love, it was worse than what I thought it was. But what I am not going to do, I could not sit here and be full of gratitude and full of life if I take 30 years of my whole life and throw it under the bus as if it was nothing just because of the ending. I refuse to do that. You know, so and even now, as I'm I'm navigating through what is good for me now, I would never curse the entire journey that I would choose to give any man an opportunity to share any portion of my life with. I will not curse the entire journey from the ending. I will hand him off as if we're trading positions on the dance floor with another mate. You know, I will enjoy every moment. I just like when when you're living your life like it's golden, you have to realize laying in the sun is bliss, is awesome, is freeing, but sometimes you get sunburns, but you don't throw away all of your skin. You you fix your wounds, you heal yourself, and you get back up and say, what I won't do is repeat that. But I'll take what was good and make it better and just continue to live our life like it's golden. Thank you again for being with us with another episode of Simply Paulette. We will continue this conversation. Hopefully next week, if our vibe is still in the same place, we'll continue this next week. And just this year, we're going to have great relationships. We're going to redefine some of the things that we've said were bad and realized that it may not have been all good, but it wasn't all bad either. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. And this has been another episode of the Jess Eldridge Media Podcast.